This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Finding Your Bliss with host Judy Liebrach. Heard every Saturday at 1 p.m. on Zoomer Radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to our holiday edition of Finding Your Bliss. I'm Judy Liebrach, and this is a show that helps people find and follow their bliss. And today on the program, jingle bells, holly and mistletoe are in the air for Christmas cheer, and latkes and menorahs for Hanukkah celebrations, along with caneras and candelabras for Kwanzaa. Happy holidays to everyone. Starring in this week's show, we have film critic extraordinaire Tom Ernst telling us all about the best Christmas films for the holiday season. Also, we will have a gorgeous medley of holiday songs from some talented second-year musical theatre students at Sheridan College. But first... There is an excitement in the air today here at Zoomer because gracing our studios from the National Ballet of Canada's production of The Nutcracker are two of the magnificent starring dancers in the company. First soloist, Chelsea Meese, dancing the part of the Snow Queen, and first soloist, Jack Burtonshaw, dancing the role of Peter and the Nutcracker, and I saw him last night and he was Unbelievable. They are joining us live in the studio for today's festive show. But before we meet two of the stars from this spectacular ballet, to set an intention for this holiday show is a reminder that the most important part of the season is the joy of giving. Here's a great quote that I think is so perfect for today's show, and here it is. Balance, peace, and joy are the fruit of a successful life. It starts with recognizing your talents and finding ways to serve others by using them. And that was said by American painter Thomas Kincaid. Incidentally, the music we are hearing, and I'm not sure if we are hearing it, but the beautiful music that we are hearing or that we're about to hear, which opened today's show, is from Tchaikovsky. And the composition is called Waltz of the Snowflakes. If you have any questions for any of our guests today, call us at 416-360-0740 or 1-866-740-4740 or follow us at the Bliss Minute on Instagram and Facebook or go to our online magazine at www.findingyourbliss.com. I'm thrilled now to welcome on to Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio two of the stars of the beloved classic, The Nutcracker. What would the holidays be like without the dazzling sights and sounds of Toronto's favourite holiday tradition? The National Ballet of Canada has one of the finest versions in the world of the Nutcracker in James Kadelka's staging and the magnificent sets and costumes from Santo Loquasto. But nothing would be possible without the spectacular cast. And we are so fortunate to have here today two of the stars with us. First soloist, Chelsea Meese, playing the beautiful Snow Queen. And she is so beautiful. And first soloist, Jack Burtonshaw, playing Peter and the Nutcracker. And congratulations on your performance last night. It was absolutely spectacular. Thank you so much. Thank you both so much for being here. Chelsea, how did you feel when they asked you to play the Snow Queen in the Nutcracker Ballet? Well, it was such a huge honor because since I joined the company, I had always seen, you know, beautiful ballerinas dance this role. And the fact that I was going to be among them was just like a dream come true. 
I can imagine. And what about you, Jack Burton Shaw? What was your audition like for the title role of the Nutcracker in this most beloved ballet? Um, interestingly enough, we don't audition. Um, the, it, as a member of the company, the director knows us all very well, and um, they cast accordingly to who they deem is either ready or suit certain roles. And um, it went up on the on the board. That classic oh, dear. goes up on the board, and my <laughs> name was there. And um, yeah, I, I was over the moon. <laughs> Did you cry? <laughs> No, I didn't cry. <laughs> That's so wonderful. Congratulations. You're both exceptional dancers from Australia. So I have to ask you, what is the water like down under? Is there something in it? <laughs> Chelsea, you were born in Melbourne, Australia, and you trained at the Karen Curlis School of Dance, the Thelma Williams School of Dance, the Victorian College of the Arts and the Australian Ballet School in Melbourne. You danced with the San Diego Ballet before joining the National Ballet of Canada as a member of the Corps de Ballet in 2008. You were promoted to first soloist in 2015, and you have had rave reviews. And one of my favorites is from a, a, a production I wish I had seen, Romeo and Juliet. Dance International said... Chrissy, Chelsea, pardon me, Chelsea Mice danced Juliet with a passionate abandon. What was it like dancing that role of Juliet, Chelsea? That must have been an absolute thrill. I mean, really, no words can describe that that feeling when you when you dance a role that has been your dream for, you know, ever since when you're in high school and you're learning about the story of Romeo and Juliet and the tragedy, the love, the depth of emotion and the beautiful music that accompanies this ballet. It was an honor, a true honor to be chosen by Alexei Ratmansky because it was me in a room of principal dancers. Wow. So it was my partner and I, and to, to be part of a creation process of such a beautiful treasured role and the fact that, you know, our director, Karen Kane, had, you know, the belief to let me as a young dancer at the time to take on this challenge was, I'm, I'm so grateful. It really catapulted my career in a way that, you know, these dancing the Snow Queen may never have happened if I hadn't have danced Juliet before. Wow. Yeah. What was it like working with Karen Kane? She's lovely. I've had her on an old show that I used to do called In the Spotlight, and she was so wonderful. She's wonderful. I mean, obviously, you know, she has the history and, and, and the career that, you know, very few people get to have, but she's a wonderful down-to-earth lady, and she, you know, just is really happy to share what, what she knows and what, you know, what, what she sees, and so it's, it's great to be able to have that relationship with, with someone of her a ginormous status. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Jack Burtonshaw, you were born in Sydney, Australia, and you trained at the Tanya Pearson Classical Coaching Academy in Australia and the Tanz Academy Zurich in, in Switzerland. You joined the National Ballet of Canada as an apprentice in 2011, and you were promoted to first soloist in 2018. What has it been like dancing the leading role in this production and playing the role of the Nutcracker? Um. Extraordinary, <laughs> to put it in a little nu uh, nutshell. Um, the the process of it all leading up to it, it's like it's uh, rare for the role that I play to actually start from the very beginning of the ballet to go right through till the end. Um, and it was the first time that I've had that opportunity, and so there was a lot of learning into how to pace myself through an entire show like that. And um, 
yeah, a lot. Of, I learned a lot in the, in the leading up to these shows. What is the preparation like? I'm just wanting it's such a demanding role, and I saw you. You were just leaping into the air. It just felt like you were flying, and and it was it was just. Uh, I've seen the Nutcracker many many times, probably twenty, <laughs> and <laughs> it's my favorite. And uh, last night, I just felt that you you reached heights that I've never seen in that in that oh, uh, in, in that role before, and it was just in, it, exquisite, really. The preparation must be daunting and intense. I have to wonder. Just there's a lot of rehearsals. There's yes. a lot of rehearsals. How yeah. long do you rehearse for approximately before? Um, I guess the Nutcracker is a it's the a unusual situation. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I probably had about three weeks of rehearsal before we started. Um, wow. When did we start? On the twelfth, I believe. I uh, would think December. you were going to say three months or, or a year or no, something. It's a unique one. It's a unique um, one. Wow. But my first time performing this role was in last season's Nutcracker. And I, they did give me a little bit more time, um, a month or so. Uh, yes. So I had a little more preparation and could learn it. And But now that it being my second year, I somewhat can remember all the steps. It's more about just getting back in the rhythm and, uh, yeah. It's unbelievable. Do you have a favorite moment in the show that just... Uh, sends you oh i have a couple <laughs> <laughs> is there a moment that stands out for you where you just go well it doesn't get any better than this uh i'll start with the first moment um it's actually turning from the nutcracker into the prince yes um the end of the battle scene the kids kind of rescue you after you've kind of somewhat fought the rat the king rat and um i take off the the kind of hat or yes. mask, mask of sorts and uh that's a real kind of and um, the audience goes, wow, he's me. gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's a real special moment for me. And the kids hug me and it's kind of just like this moment. Lovely. Yeah, where the first ties all together for me. And then secondly would be the pot for sure. Like the, with the, the Sugar Plum Fairy. Yeah, yeah. so incredible. Chelsea, I saw the production last night and I loved it more than ever. I know you're dancing the role of the Snow Queen tonight and you're here on Zoomer. Yes. So an extra special <laughs> thank you to you for being here. That's incredible. What is your favorite moment in the ballet as the Snow Queen? And it's so exquisite. So definitely to add on what Jack described for his first favorite moment when he turns into the Nutcracker Prince, that opens up the beautiful snow world where I emerge with my two icicle partners. And I think... A lot happens in the ballet leading up to that, and it's it's quite you know busy on stage. There's a lot of high energy, you know, children running everywhere. There's the family. There's the battle scene, yes. and then all of a sudden, there's a quiet calm that comes over the stage. And it when I watched it from out the front, it reminded me of these beautiful books that I would see as a child. You know, we'd open a beautiful pop-up book, and it would seem so precious. And that's just how it's. It appears to me like this yes. magical curtain opens and it reveals like a snow globe world. Yes, Surreal. a winter wonderland. Yeah, and then there, so, and you're like the beautiful takes, snow queen at the helm of it all. And it's just, I know, I, I can't wait for it in the, in the it performance. Takes your away, and it's <laughs> it such does. a ballerina quintessential moment. It, it, it's really amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, of that, I love your costume. How did you feel when you first put on the snow queen costume? And, it's just so beautiful. Definitely, <laughs> definitely the costumes go part and parcel with the excitement of dancing the role. You know, oh. you there's there's such a, a history and a lineage of all the other beautiful 
amazing ballerinas that have gotten to wear that costume yes. with you know before you, and you actually see their names in in the tag of the costume <laughs> too. So it's quite exciting, and I mean the labor and the love that goes into creating a masterpiece like that is it's just incredible. It, it's like it's wearing like a couture gown. It's it's of that caliber. Yes, absolutely. What do you love about the snow scene? And playing the Snow Queen and what makes it so special for you? So definitely that you're creating this new world for Peter the Nutcracker and the two um, leading children in, in the story, Misha and Marie, to come into this ethereal world. You know, yes. that's that's the ballerina moment. That's what changes the whole um, moment in, in, in the ballet. And I just, I, I, I never feel more like a ballerina than when I'm uh. doing this role. That's so exciting. Did you see the Nutcracker as a young girl and did you wish that you would one day be able to be a ballerina yourself and be on that stage? It was very interesting growing up in Australia because we never had the Nutcracker tradition. I'm not sure. I think now the Nutcracker is becoming more popular in Australia, but coming to North America and, and seeing how important the Nutcracker is as a tradition, not just as a ballet or even as a school, but as a, as a family, like yes. people go every year, people have even come up to us and they've said, you know, I grew up coming to see the National Ballet's Nutcracker and now I bring my children. And just to be a part of that, like that's that's art transcending beyond the stage. You know, that's that's making memories. That's, Absolutely. It's amazing. I took my daughter for the first time, believe it or not, when she was 10 months old and she was rocking back and forth to the music. And I looked at her last night, all grown up, 19 years old and, <laughs> and enjoying it just as much. Not No rocking, but <laughs> and, yeah. and it was quite wonderful. Jack, when did you realize that you wanted to become a professional ballet dancer? Uh, I was like around 15 years old. Um, I was... I was always into sports as well when I, I started dancing when I was 11. Um, and, but I, I loved my sports and especially running. And it came to that point of which way do I want to go? Wow. And my, my love was, was stronger for dance for sure. That's and, amazing. Um, we made a, a big family decision at that point when I looked for professional schools, which meant I went to Switzerland and I, I left just before I turned 16. Um, wow. uh, to do my, to pursue my professional training and to make it the career that I've had so far. Do you love Billy Elliot, the film and the, and the <laughs> yeah, recent wonderful hit at Stratford? Yeah. <laughs> that must be so impactful for you yeah, to, to see sure. that. What do you love about you, what you do? What do you like? This is a show called Finding Your Bliss and you both are living your bliss, following your bliss. And you're such a wonderful example for others to dream, to, to have this kind of uh, career or, or dream come true for whatever their bliss is. And you're actually doing it, which is so incredible. What do you love about what you do? There's something about when you're on stage and you start dancing, it's you are in your like not in your own world, but something else really takes over. It's it's like it's an indescribable uh feeling um that is what we kind of all live for. Like what it's what we do is is pretty hard. Yes. Um and uh yeah, without that love and passion um and that that special feeling that you get from performing and kind of taking a, the audience in front of you on a story and entertaining and everything, um, 
it wouldn't be worth it. it like it's, it's. You have to love it. You have to love it even when you really don't love, love it. We do. <laughs> and it's because it's such hard work and people don't realize. People see the glamorous side, right? Even in this, <laughs> what I do is it, there, it's a lot of work. Yeah. And, but it's great. It's so worthwhile when, you, when you're passionate about it and, and when you're so good at it as you are. And that's really the thing. Jack, you created the role of Norman McLaren in the world premiere of Guillaume Cote and Robert Lepage's Frame by Frame, receiving a nomination in the 2019 Dora Maver Moore Awards for an outstanding performance. Congratulations. What I love is what the critics said, which was, this ballet has made Burton Shaw a star given his luminous performance, and the young dancer was inundated with a rousing chorus of cheers during his solo bows. That must have been so exciting. What was that like for him? What is that like when, when you've actually finished the performance, you've done all the hard work, and there you are, and the audience is erupting and going crazy and standing and plodding? Um, it's unbelievable. <laughs> it's really unbelievable, especially with that production. Um, it's it's very rare for dancers to get to work on something from the very beginning of a creation process. Uh, we can we tend to if there's a creation start just from they've already done a lot of the backlog and research and they kind of already have a storyline and then they just create the dancing on the dancers and then right. there we go. But with this uh, frame by frame production, we were actually a part of it for about four years or five years <gasps> in the making. And so when the curtain came down and I had my solo bout, it was this. Uh, it was surreal. Like it, it was kind of like wow. Like it, all this that we've all kind of come together and created and everything. I mean, it worked. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and it was a, a great response and everything. So it was. Yeah, I got like chills. I oh. got very emotional. I, yeah, it was. Yeah, so extraordinary. Incredible. Yeah, so incredible. Wow. Uh, I, I want to also say you've won many, many awards, such as the David Tory Award. Was that a special one for you? I know he was a very special guy who was the former chairman of the National Ballet of Canada. Gosh, Jack, it makes us sound really good with all our <laughs> <laughs> no, Yes, yes, you're right. Um, Mr. Tory was an exceptional um, part of the National Ballet of Canada. And um, it's th- this award's a little different in the sense that your colleagues and um, – uh, your your bosses actually nominate people for this award, so it it goes beyond just um, recognizing someone's talent, which of course is great. But yes. they have to sit down and, and write an essay saying why you you know what what do you bring to the company that David Tory himself did? You know he brought incredible generosity and you know valued uh, every single person, and and they you have to give examples in the sense of what what has this person done to kind of really be deserving and to stand out in a wow. way so it's more than what we do on stage it's it's our everyday, everyday. existence together incredible um, yeah congratulations i'm just going to list them because i don't want to shortchange you jack okay. you went you were awarded the patron award of merit in 2013 you were a finalist at the prix de lausanne in 2011 received also the merry day artistry award at the youth america grand prix the silver medal at the tans olymp in 2010 i said your christmas mantle must be highly <laughs> decorated to the hilt what is sheer bliss briefly for you chelsea yeah, getting getting to live my dream. It's amazing. I'm reminded every day that I'm a girl that came from Melbourne, Australia, started dancing and and this is this is my life. I'm living here in Toronto, Canada, and I'm surrounded every day by people from all over the world who are at the top of of 
of their job and they help push me to be better every day and and I'm blessed that you know my family life is so supportive and I, I wouldn't be able to do it with my family my husband my husband's family my friends my colleagues like of it, course it, it takes a village and, and that's what's so thankful to be to be here and to be able to do that that's so great Jack what is sheer bliss for you and at this and what are you grateful for this Christmas uh being able to move people um, with what we do for a living, uh, performing on stage and telling a story and taking people on a journey um, as special as, as this one is uh, for sure my bliss. That's so wonderful. I want to thank you both so much for being here. I don't know what we say in the ballet word, world in musicals. We say break a leg, but I'm afraid to say that. Do, you, do we have a different term to we wish you? Few, you have a few. Oh, I know. I know when you're not saying. It. I feel like we're not allowed to say one. I don't of think one we're right allowed now. to say one of them. <laughs> we, we, we won't say that one. I know. I know. In England, they say uh, toy toy, and in in, well. in Germany and in Australia, they say chokers, which sounds really strange. That's so great. Yeah. Well, I wish you both the best of luck, and I'm going to say that one that we're not allowed to say yeah, it silently okay. <laughs> for you tonight. Chelsea M- uh, Mice will be dancing the role of the Snow Queen, and tomorrow, Jack Burtonshaw, you will be dancing the role of the Nutcracker, and the Nutcracker performed by the National Ballet of Canada continues at the Four Seasons Centre for the Performing Arts until January 4th. For tickets, please visit national.ballet.ca. Chelsea, what's the best way for people to follow you? Oh, uh, you can follow me on Instagram. My handle is at ballerina underscore chels. So that's B-A-L-L-E-R-I-N-A underscore C-H-E-L-S. Perfect. Thank you so much. And Jack Burtonshaw, how can people follow you? Instagram as well on uh, at J Burtonshaw. So that's J-B-E-R-T-I-N-S-H-A-W. Congratulations and best of luck with the rest of all of your performances. Lucky audiences who get to see you both (laughs) and Merry Christmas to you and your families. Thank you you so much for being here. So wonderful. Thank you again for being here. We're going to go to a short commercial break. When we come back, we will be joined by renowned film critic Tom Ernst. Back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years. CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about CREATE Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. Here to share with us some of his favorite holiday movie picks is Toronto-based film critic, writer, and broadcaster extraordinaire, Tom Ernst. Tom is also an active member of the Toronto Film Critic Association. He was the former host, interviewer, and producer of TV Ontario's Saturday Night at the Movies, as well as host and producer of Making Movies the Canadian Way on Bell Media. His film reviews can be heard on CBC Radio Syndication and CTV National News. And Tom's written work has appeared in various publications, including two anthologies, The Toronto Star, 
the National Post and Playback Magazine. Tom, welcome to Finding Your Bliss. <laughs> Thank you. Happy to be here. <laughs> so happy to see you and happy holidays. We're delighted to have you here. So let's get right to it. I love that you prepared your favorite holiday classics for us today. And it really, as I said before the break, is such a creative and thoughtful list, not only the obvious ones and the obvious favorites. So let's start with Joyeux Noël 2005, which you've described as one of the most beautiful, touching, and ultimately heartbreakingly tragic Christmas tales ever put on film based on a true story. Can you explain what the story is and why you chose it as one of your top picks? Well, this is an event that happened in 1914 uh, in Christmas Day or Christmas Eve. And the troops were fighting. Uh, we're talking about German troops, uh, Italian troops and uh, French troops. And for one night all along the front line, they put their guns down. Hmm. They just put their guns down. Wow. They got together. They played soccer wow. uh, on the battlefield. Wow. They played soccer and uh, they sang. They shared, uh, you know, drinks and they, they just, they all related to each other for that one evening. And the fact that it is a true story uh, really is, you just, I just have to wonder how this happened. Now, in the film, and I won't give away too much because the beauty of this film is that it came from the soldiers themselves, the generals, the sergeants, and, and a lot of the other people were going, no, no, you can't, you can't do this. And yet somehow it happened. And humanity, uh, right? Humanity shone through. Absolutely. And there's something about this special evening, uh, no matter what faith you are, are in, that it just resonates. And it did that night. And this is a story just about one small portion of uh, humanity getting together. And, you know, it sounds like, okay, on the battlefield, it's, it's just soldiers. But of course, some of this, the battlefields were happening in towns as well, in villages. So in the scene that we get in, in this film, um, there are also women involved. And, uh, I don't, I, I there's a case where, uh, Diane Kruger, one of the only American, uh, actors, uh, in the film, uh, sings Ave Maria to the oh. troops. And it's just. How can we watch this film? You can see this, well, you can rent them still, but you can also go on iTunes. This film is available on iTunes. I'm not sure about the other uh, uh, areas that this film might be available, but I have seen it recently on iTunes. And I will say, I showed it on Saturday Night at the Movies, and I got a letter the next day from someone who was very angry saying, how it's Christmas, why did you show a war movie? And then I did write out what the movie was about and knew that the person did not see it. <laughs> they had since seen it and wrote back and and, and said, "Yes, this is one of the more touching Christmas Aww. movies ever." So oh, I'm so I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely look out for it. Can, we're, I, we have a little clip coming up. Do you want to set it up for us? Yes, we do have that clip with Diane Kruger singing. It's just a portion of the song, but I think you'll get a very good sense of, of the feeling that uh, is evoked by the song in her voice, and you see it in the eyes of the soldiers. German, French, Italian, oh. just watching her sing. Yes, we have a clip Sounds of wonderful. Diane Kruger. Let's roll that clip.
Wow. Yeah. That was gorgeous. And the movie Makes you is cry. the movie is just uh it's just really a powerful uh, message. They, it, it doesn't come across as a message, but you can't help it. But really, as you said, feel the humanity in yeah. this movie. One of my favorites. Just beautiful. Thank you for sharing that one. Next, we have, I want to make sure this is correct. Yes, A Christmas <laughs> Story, which is a Canadian film. And I love that it's Canadian from 1983. So interesting. Can you tell us a little bit about this film and why you chose it as one of your top picks? Well, this came to me as a complete surprise when I first saw it. And I realize now it's considered a classic. But we've the older we get, the line for classics keeps moving. So now this film to me feels like a new Christmas movie, but <laughs> right. for many it has become a traditional family classic. And it is a movie about a, a family, uh, back in the forties or fifties and they just are celebrating coming up to Christmas and all this boy wants is a red rider BB gun. <laughs> and you'll poke someone's eye out with it or you lose an eye they keep saying throughout the film it's comical it's touching it goes from moments of sheer delight uh a sheer sheer hilarity to moments that you just i found myself choked up oh. there is a scene in this movie the uh, uh the boy played by peter billingsley who since has become a very major producer in hollywood um where he has a hard time communicating and and getting across what he wants and there is a bully who picks on his brother. Oh. And in this scene, he loses it and just, t- you know, takes out all his anger, all his frustrations on this bully, which is satisfying in itself. But the mother comes and he thinks he's in trouble. But the mother is so understanding <laughs> in this particular moment. And there are mo- moments like this throughout the entire film. Each family member is their own character. They each have their own uh, a moment of humanity and, and kindness as well as hilarity, whether it's the father and his lamp that looks like a leg from a showgirl <laughs> that, that the mother refuses to put up, but he insists goes out every Christmas, or whether it's the little boy, his little brother who can't put his arms down because the snowsuit's on too tight. Oh. It's, it's very cute. All the it's details charming. and the, and, and it sounds incredible. All filmed in Toronto. All filmed in Toronto. And where can we see this one? Well, this one is easier to get because everybody's playing it. So I think you can find this one on Netflix. And uh, I, right now, I think that's where I saw it. But again, all these films can be found on iTunes. They can be find, uh, found on uh, you know, Google or on uh, Amazon. Any place that you stream your movies. This one is a very popular film. So it's pretty easy to find. Oh, it sounds so wonderful. Duncan, can we play that clip? <laughs> Thank you. Immediately, my feet began to sweat as those two fluffy little bunnies with the blue button eyes stared sappily up at me. Come down here so I can see you better. I just hoped that Flick would never spot him, as the word of this humiliation could easily make life at Warren G. Harding School a veritable hell. Oh, it's that. That is the most precious thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> he looks like a deranged Easter bunny. He does not. He does, too. He looks like a pink nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> that is Darren McGavin as the father. And oh, the laughs are so fantastic. The well, kids the laugh are... is from his little brother who is teasing him. He is dressed in a 
onesie, <laughs> a rabbit onesie, and this is not, he's not happy about this. It's one of his Christmas gifts. Oh, it sounds so good. I'm so excited to see some of these new movies. So fine, I say new, they're, they're older movies, but they're new again, right? Exactly. And you're making them new again, and we appreciate that, Tom Ernst. So finding your bliss is usually about happiness and peace, blessings and illumination, Black Christmas 1974 <laughs> is none of these, and yet you love this film. Can you tell us why? And I understand there was also a remake that just came out into theaters now. So fascinating. Can you tell us a bit about it? And- well, Black Christmas is a very scary movie, I think. And the 1974 original still, in my opinion, is the best. There have been two remakes since. Uh, the one that out, that is out now, I haven't seen, so I, I refrain from judgment. But I went back to watch this last night because I really am a fan of, of this genre. And uh, what I love about Black Christmas, so many things I love about it. One of the things I like about it is that it's a horror movie you could talk about at Christmas time and a Christmas movie you can talk about at Halloween. So it's <laughs> two purposes right there. It is made by Bob Clark, the very same man who made A Christmas Story. Oh, and, wow. and, and what a range of What a of dichotomy. Wor- it's diametrically opposed here, right? Diametrically. <laughs> but they're both Christmas stories. Right. I guess that's the same. This is a movie about a, sor- uh, a sorority, and we have Margot Kidder in there. We have Andrea oh. Martin. We have... Uh, um, what a cast. Olivia Hussey. Uh, and for people who are fans of 2001 Space Odyssey, Kier Dolia, wow. uh, Toronto's own Art Hindle, like lots of, lots of great oh, people in this movie. Great. I want to roll the clip in a minute, but before we do, Duncan, I just want to say what I love when you're describing these films, Tom, is your enthusiasm. You're, you can see that this is your bliss. Like it really is. Like I, I'm sure there's people who work in film and they like it as their job, but you really love what you do, don't you? Oh, I get lost in movies constantly. And, and honestly, it's one of the, I, I would say that movies have altered my life uh, in many ways as well as enhanced them. So. Yes. So fantastic. It's so, it's so apparent and it's so lovely to see. <laughs> Duncan, can we roll the clip of Black Christmas? Thank you. Hello? 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 Hey, quiet! It's him again! The Mona! <laughs> Yeah, no, that's, that's Olivia Hussey. She thought she was slumming for this movie, but it became a big, big hit. It did. It, and it, it is scary. And it is scary. Oh, mm-hmm. dear. Now for something diametrically opposed, we have the very cheerful and blissful White Christmas, a 1954 classic starring... Aha, Danny Kaye All right. and Bing Crosby. Okay. And Rosemary Clooney, for that matter. Oh, what a cast, eh? Great cast. And I know this is a fantastic Christmas movie, and the dance numbers are incredible in it. Wonderful. What, what do you love about this film? Well, it, oddly enough, as much as I like horror genre, I also love musicals. And, and you, I don't know how that happened, <laughs> but it, I love this movie for exactly the reasons you put out. The the, the dancing, the music, uh Bing Crosby is just wonderful in this. And Danny Kaye is a very fine, fine comic actor. For those uh, listening that have never exposed themselves to Danny Kaye's humor and work, this is a good one to start with. Um, one of the things about this movie is, is it feels like Christmas. It just has that sort of texture to it, that idea that we're on a holiday, that something special is going to happen. And of course, the movie... In, being back in the 50s is about two single men who meet two single women and romance <laughs> blooms. And it just really, 
it really is wonderful from the colors to the songs, uh, the dance numbers. It's uh, just a feel good, it's a perfect feel Christmas good movie. movie. And you should see it every year. It should really be on everybody's Christmas we, film menu. We always think of It's a Wonderful Life and Miracle on 34th Street, but I'm so excited about your list because it, it's just adding stuff to our repertoire, which is so fantastic. So what are we going to see in this clip? Well, this is a Rosemary Clooney singing a song with her sister on stage. And it's at the point where Danny Kaye and Bing Crosby have come into the ballroom and have met the, the women for their first time. Oh, amazing. Okay, let's roll the clip. Hey, how about those big brown eyes? Oh, they're blue. Brown. Ah, blue. Oh, yeah. Deep blue. <laughs> okay. Oh, lovely. <laughs> they're both interested in different <laughs> sisters, and that's fortunate for the, <laughs> for so the plot great. of the film. And, and this one very briefly, because we're getting close to the end of our time, which is reminding me that I have to say to you, I would love you to come back in the new year and tell us more about films because you're so fantastic. Um, also, for a beloved cl classic, A Christmas Carol, the 1951 version, I'm happy for our wonderful production coordinator, Siobhan Kali, as this is her family's favorite Christmas holiday film. Briefly, can we set it up, the clip? Yes, you can. <laughs> this is uh, uh, Alistair Sims being Scrooge, as we always know Scrooge could be, when he is approached to give money at Christmas time. <laughs> and he doesn't, he doesn't like that. He doesn't this like that. Much. Here we go. Here's the clip. I came here in the spirit of right goodwill, and I won't let you dampen it. So a Merry Christmas to you anyway, Uncle. Good evening. And a Happy New Year. Good evening. Humbug! <laughs> no one <laughs> says humbug like Alice Sims. That's so great. You brought us a new film about an old subject, Little Women, which was my favorite book growing up. It premieres on Christmas Day, December 25th in theaters everywhere. Can you tell us something about the film? The cast is fabulous. I know there's a female director. Greta Gerwig. And the idea that there was no female directors nominated this year for the Golden Globes, th this movie will just leave you aghast at that because it is so well directed and it's not essentially a Christmas movie, but there's something about that time period, the turn of the century uh, and the, and it's in winter and there's a few Christmas scenes in this film, uh, more than one. And it just felt like a holiday movie. I took my daughter to see it and I really honestly felt that it was the first gift I gave her this year oh, because she that. absolutely loved it. And she's a 13-year-old contemporary girl was in a punk rock band that now wants me to get her Little Women, oh. the book, for Christmas. <laughs> That's so, so fantastic. The movie is incredible. That's so fantastic. Let's roll the clip. Is it fairies? Santa Claus. No, it's old Aunt March. Mr. Lawrence sent it. Lawrence Boy's grandfather? Yes. Why? He saw you giving your Christmas breakfast away and he wanted you to enjoy the day. But I thought he was a mean old man. So generous of him. His grandson, Laurie, put the idea into his head. I know he did. We should make friends with him. And friends, they do. Oh, that's so great. I'm going to look out for that one. That sounds like a fantastic one. It's holiday time, Tom, and that's usually a time to reflect. And I'm just wondering if there was an interview with an actor, a director, or a moment for you as a host and or film critic that was an epiphany and is an epiphany in your career. The, it sounds corny to say there's been so many. One of the things that I really remember 
uh, constantly go back to is when Paul Williams came on and I, we were talking about Phantom of the Paradise and he had let me sing a duet with him. Oh, oh I'm a terrible singer. <laughs> I'm an absolutely <laughs> horrific singer uh, and uh, only topped by how horrific of a dancer I am. And, uh, but uh, that was a moment for me and he let me sing a love song uh, to my wife on air. And oh, so that was a great moment. I love that. And very quickly, Paula Kelly was a dancer in the movie Sweet Charity with Bob Fosse. She told this story that just had everyone in the room tears about. They were shooting the uh, um, the minute you walked into the room song, oh. and it's a classic from that film. Yes, and in came someone to announce that Martin Luther King oh. had passed, oh, God and Lord. the whole cast and crew, Paula being the only African American on that set gathered around her uh kept her company walked her home Good and Lord. spent and they and they stopped shooting for that day oh my uh, out of respect out as, of respect and i i just felt I, mean, I love bob fossey he's one of my favorite directors and i felt this was an added story uh that allowed me to believe again that he was if not necessarily a great man i don't know him but certainly a great director and kind to his so incredible. I want, I, we definitely have to have you back because I have so many more things I want to ask you. But I want to thank you so much for being here. Happy holidays to you and your family. And best way for people to contact you is? You know, at uh, Real Tom Ernst. That is my Twitter account. And that's the best way to catch me. That's great. Or we can also go to realtomernst at live.com. Yes. To learn more about you, which is so fantastic. We're going to go to... Thank you so much for being here, thank Tom. You. It was wonderful. We're going to a commercial. When we come back, we will be serenaded by Sheridan Music Theatre students singing a holiday medley back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by Create, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years. Create is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. Create is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about CREATE Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. Hi, everyone, and welcome to our holiday edition of Finding Your Bliss. I'm Judy Liebrack, and this is a show that helps people find and follow their bliss. And today on the program, jingle bells, holly and mistletoe are in the air for Christmas cheer, and latkes and menorahs for Hanukkah celebrations, along with canaras and candelabras for Kwanzaa. Happy holidays to everyone. Starring in this week's show, we have film critic extraordinaire Tom Ernst telling us all about the best Christmas films for the holiday season. Also, we will have a gorgeous medley of holiday songs from some talented second-year musical theatre students at Sheridan College. But first... There is an excitement in the air today here at Zoomer because gracing our studios from the National Ballet of Canada's production of The Nutcracker are two of the magnificent starring dancers in the company. First soloist, 
Chelsea Meese dancing the part of the Snow Queen and first soloist Jack Burtonshaw dancing the role of Peter and the Nutcracker. And I saw him last night and he was unbelievable. They are joining us live in the studio for today's festive show. But before we meet two of the stars from this spectacular ballet, to set an intention for this holiday show is a reminder that the most important part of the season is the joy of giving. Here's a great quote that I think is so perfect for today's show, and here it is. Balance, peace, and joy are the fruit of a successful life. It starts with recognizing your talents and finding ways to serve others by using them. And that was said by American painter Thomas Kincaid. Incidentally, the music we are hearing, and I'm not sure if we are hearing it, but the beautiful music that we are hearing or that we're about to hear, which opened today's show, is from Tchaikovsky. And the composition is called Waltz of the Snowflakes. If you have any questions for any of our guests today, call us at 416-360-0740 or one 866 or follow us at The Bliss Minute on Instagram and Facebook or go to our online magazine at www.findingyourbliss.com. I'm thrilled now to welcome on to Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio two of the stars of the beloved classic, The Nutcracker. What would the holidays be like without the dazzling sights and sounds of Toronto's favourite holiday tradition? The National Ballet of Canada has one of the finest versions in the world of the Nutcracker in James Kadelka's staging and the magnificent sets and costumes from Santo Loquasto. But nothing would be possible without the spectacular cast. And we are so fortunate to have here today two of the stars with us. First soloist, Chelsea Meese, playing the beautiful Snow Queen. And she is so beautiful. And first soloist, Jack Burtonshaw, playing Peter and the Nutcracker. And congratulations on your performance last night. It was absolutely spectacular. Thank you so much. Thank you both so much for being here. Chelsea, how did you feel when they asked you to play the Snow Queen in the Nutcracker Ballet? Well, it was such a huge honor because since I joined the company, I had always seen, you know, beautiful ballerinas dance this role. And the fact that I was going to be among them was just like a dream come true. I can imagine. And what about you, Jack Burtonshaw? What was your audition like for the title role of the Nutcracker in this most beloved ballet? Um, interestingly enough, we don't audition, um, the, uh-huh. it, as a member of the company, the director knows us all very well and, um, they cast accordingly to who they deem is either ready or suit certain roles. And, um, it went up on the, on the board, that classic oh, dear. goes up on the board and my <laughs> name was there and, um, yeah, I, I was over the moon. <laughs> Did you cry? <laughs> no, I didn't cry. <laughs> That's so wonderful. Congratulations. You're both exceptional dancers from Australia. So I have to ask you, what is the water like down under? <laughs> is there something in it? <laughs> Chelsea, you were born in Melbourne, Australia, and you trained at the Karen Curlis School of Dance, the Thelma Williams School of Dance the Victorian College of the Arts, and the Australian Ballet School in Melbourne. You danced with the San Diego Ballet before joining the National Ballet of Canada as a member of the Corps de Ballet in 2008. You were promoted to first soloist in 2015, and you have had rave reviews. And one of my favorites is from a a, a production I wish I had seen, Romeo and Juliet. Dance International said... 
Chrissy, Chelsea, pardon me, Chelsea Mice danced Juliet with a passionate abandon. What was it like dancing that role of Juliet, Chelsea? That must have been an absolute thrill. I mean, really, no words can describe that that feeling when you when you dance a role that has been your dream for, you know, ever since when you're in high school and you're learning about the story of Romeo and Juliet and the tragedy, the love, the depth of emotion and the beautiful music that accompanies this ballet. It was an honor, a true honor to be chosen by Alexei Ratmansky because it was me in a room of principal dancers. Wow. So it was my partner and I, and t- to be part of a creation process of such a beautiful treasured role and the fact that, you know, our director, Karen Kane, had, you know, the belief to let me as a young dancer at the time to take on this challenge was, I'm, I'm so grateful. It really catapulted my career in a way that, you know, these dancing the Snow Queen may never have happened if I hadn't have danced Juliet before. Wow. Yeah. What was it like working with Karen Kane? She's lovely. I've had her on an old show that I used to do called In the Spotlight, and she was so wonderful. She's wonderful. I mean, obviously, you know, she has the history and 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 the career that, you know, very few people get to have, but she's a wonderful down-to-earth lady, and she, you know, just is really happy to share what, what she knows and what you know, what, what she sees. And so it's, it's great to be able to have that relationship with, with someone of her ginormous status. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Jack Burtonshaw, you were born in Sydney, Australia, and you trained at the Tanya Pearson Classical Coaching Academy in Australia and the Tanz Academy Zurich in, in Switzerland. You joined the National Ballet of Canada as an apprentice in 2011, and you were promoted to first soloist in 2018. What has it been like dancing the leading role in this production and playing the role of the Nutcracker? Um, extraordinary, <laughs> to put it in a little uh, nutshell. Um, the the process of it all leading up to it, it's like it's uh, rare for the role that I play to actually start from the very beginning of the ballet to go right through till the end, um, and it was the first time that I've had that opportunity. And so there was a lot of learning into how to pace myself through an entire show like that. And, um, yeah, a lot of, I learned a lot in the, in the leading up to these shows. What is the preparation? Like, I'm just wanting it's such a demanding role. And I saw you, you were just leaping into the air. It just felt like you were flying. And, and it was, it was just, uh, I've seen the Nutcracker many, many times, probably 20. And <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite. And uh, last night, I just felt that you, you reached heights that I've never seen in that, in that, oh, uh, in, in that role before. And it was just in, it, exquisite, really. The preparation must be daunting and intense. I have to wonder just, there's a lot of rehearsals. There's yes. a lot of rehearsals. How yeah. long do you rehearse for approximately before? Um, I guess the Nutcracker is a, the unusual a situation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I probably had about three weeks of rehearsal before we started. Um, wow. When did we start? Uh, On the 12th, I believe. I uh, would think December. you were going to say three months or, or a year or no, something. It's a unique one. It's a unique um, one. Wow. But my first time performing this role was in last season's Nutcracker. And I, they did give me a little bit more time, um, a month or so. Uh, yes. So I had a little more preparation and could learn it. And But now that it being my second year, I somewhat can remember all the steps. It's more about just getting back in the rhythm and, uh, yeah. It's unbelievable. Do you have a favorite moment in the show that just... Uh, 
sends you? Oh, I have a couple. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a moment that stands out for you where you just go, wow, it doesn't get any better than this? Uh, I'll start with the first moment. Um, it's actually turning from the Nutcracker into the Prince. Yes. Um, the end of the battle scene, the kids kind of rescue you after you've kind of somewhat fought the, rat, the king rat. And um, I take off the, the kind of hat or yes. mask, mask of sorts. And uh, that's a real kind of... And uh, the audience goes, wow, he's me. gorgeous. Yeah, <laughs> so, um, yeah I, that's a real special moment for me. And the kids hug me and it's kind of just like this moment. Lovely. Yeah, where the first ties all together for me. And then secondly would be the pot de for sure. Like the, with the, the Sugar Plum Fairy. Yeah, yeah. so incredible. Chelsea, I saw the production last night and I loved it more than ever. I know you're dancing the role of the Snow Queen tonight and you're here on Zoomer. Yes. So an extra special <laughs> thank you to you for being here. That's incredible. What is your favorite moment in the ballet as the Snow Queen? And it's so exquisite. So definitely to add on what Jack described for his first favorite moment when he turns into the Nutcracker Prince, that opens up the beautiful snow world where I emerge with my two icicle partners. And I think... A lot happens in the ballet leading up to that, and it's it's quite you know busy on stage. There's a lot of high energy, you know, children running everywhere. There's the family. There's the battle scene, yes. and then all of a sudden, there's a quiet calm that comes over the stage. And it when I watched it from out the front, it reminded me of these beautiful books that I would see as a child. You know, we'd open a beautiful pop-up book, and it would seem so precious. And that's just how it's. It appears to me like this yes. magical curtain opens and it reveals like a snow globe world. Yes, Surreal. a winter wonderland. Yeah, and then there, so and you're like the beautiful takes, snow queen at the helm of it all. And it's just, I know, I, I can't wait for it in the, in the it performance. Takes your away and it's <laughs> it such does. a ballerina, quintessential moment. It, it, it's really amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, of that, I love your costume. How did you feel when you first put on the snow queen costume? And, it's just so beautiful. Definitely, <laughs> definitely the costumes go part and parcel with the excitement of dancing the role. You know, you there's there's such a, a history and a lineage of all the other beautiful, amazing ballerinas that have gotten to wear that costume yes. with you know before you, and you actually see their names in in the tag of the costume <laughs> too. So it's quite exciting, and I mean the labor and the love that goes into creating a masterpiece like that is it's just. It, it's like it's wearing like a couture gown. It's it's of that caliber. Yes, absolutely. What do you love about the snow scene and playing the snow queen and what makes it so special for you? So definitely that you're creating this new world for Peter the Nutcracker and the two um, leading children in, in the story, Misha and Marie, to come into this ethereal world you know yes. that's that's the ballerina moment that's what changes the whole um moment in 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 the ballet and i just i i, I never feel more like a ballerina than when i'm uh, doing this role that's so exciting did you see the nutcracker as a young girl and did you wish that you would one day be able to be a ballerina yourself and you be know, on that stage it was very interesting growing up in australia because we never had the nutcracker tradition i'm not sure i think now the nutcracker is becoming more popular in australia but coming to north america and and seeing how important the nutcracker is as a tradition not just as a ballet or even as a school but 
as a, as a family. Like yes. people go every year. People have even come up to us and they've said, you know, I grew up coming to see the National Ballet's Nutcracker and now I bring my children. And just to be a part of that, like that's that's art transcending beyond the stage. You know, that's that's making memories. That's, Absolutely. It's amazing. I took my daughter for the first time, believe it or not, when she was 10 months old and she was rocking back and forth to the music. And I looked at her last night, all grown up, 19 years old and, <laughs> and enjoying it just as much. Not No rocking, but <laughs> and, yeah. and it was quite wonderful. Jack, when did you realize that you wanted to become a professional ballet dancer? Uh, I was like around 15 years old. Um, I was... I was always into sports as well when I, I started dancing when I was 11. Um, and, but I, I loved my sports and especially running. And it came to that point of which way do I want to go? And my, my love was, was stronger for dance for sure. It's amazing. Um, we made uh, a big family decision at that point when I looked for professional schools, which meant I went to Switzerland and I, I left just before I turned 16. Um, wow. uh, to do my, to pursue my professional training and to make it the career that I've had so far. Do you love Billy Elliot, the film and the, and the <laughs> yeah, recent wonderful hit at Stratford? Yeah. <laughs> that must be so impactful for you yeah, to, to for see sure. that. What do you love about you, what you do? What do you like? This is a show called Finding Your Bliss and you both are living your bliss, following your bliss. And you're such a wonderful example for others to dream, to, to have this kind of uh, career or, or dream come true for whatever their bliss is. And you're actually doing it, which is so incredible. What do you love about what you do? There's something about when you're on stage and you start dancing, it's you are in your like not in your own world, but something else really takes over. It's it's like it's an indescribable uh feeling um that is what we kind of all live for. Like what it's what we do is is pretty hard. Yes. Um and uh yeah, without that love and passion um and that that special feeling that you get from performing and kind of taking a, the audience in front of you on a story and entertaining and everything, um, it wouldn't be worth it. it like it's it's you have to love it. You have to love it even when you really don't love, love it. What we do, <laughs> and it's because it's such hard work, and people don't realize. People see the glamorous side, right? Even in this, <laughs> what I do is it, there, it's a lot of work, yeah. and but it's great. It's so worthwhile when you, when you're passionate about it, and and when you're so good at it as you are. And that's really the thing. Jack, you created the role of Norman McLaren in the world premiere of Guillaume Coté and Robert Lepage's Frame by Frame, receiving a nomination in the 2019 Dora Maver Moore Awards for an outstanding performance. Congratulations. What I love is what the critics said, which was, this ballet has made Burton Shaw a star given his luminous performance, and the young dancer was inundated with a rousing chorus of cheers during his solo bows. That must have been so exciting. What was that like for you? And what is that like when, when you've actually finished the performance, you've done all the hard work, and there you are, and the audience is erupting and going crazy and standing and plodding? Um, it's unbelievable. <laughs> it's really unbelievable, especially with that production. Um, it's it's very rare for dancers to get to work on something from the very beginning of a creation process. Uh, we can we tend to if there's a creation start just from they've already done a lot of the backlog and research and they kind of already have a storyline and then they just create the dancing on the dancers and then right. there we go. But with this uh, frame by frame production, we were actually a part of it for about four years or five years <gasps> in the making. And so when the curtain came down and I had my solo bout, it was this. Uh, it was surreal. Like it, it was kind of like wow. Like 
all this that we've all kind of come together and created and everything. I mean, it worked and (laughs) and it was a a great response and everything. So it was, yeah, I got like chills. I got very emotional. Yeah, it was extraordinary. So incredible. Wow. Uh, I, I want to also say you've won many, many awards, such as the David Tory Award. Was that a special one for you? I know he was a very special guy who was the former chairman of the National Ballet of Canada. Gosh, Jack, it makes us sound really good. With all our <laughs> <laughs> no, yes, yes, you're right. Um, Mr. Tory was an exceptional um, part of the National Ballet of Canada. And um, it's th- this award's a little different in the sense that your colleagues and... Um, uh, your your bosses actually nominate people for this award, so it it goes beyond just um, recognizing someone's talent, which of course is great. But yes. they have to sit down and, and write an essay saying why you you know what what do you bring to the company that David Tory himself did? You know he brought incredible generosity, and you know valued uh, every single person, and and they you have to give examples in the sense of what what has this person done to kind of really be deserving and to stand out in a wow. way. So it's more than what we do on stage. It's it's our everyday, everyday. existence together. Incredible. Um, yeah. Congratulations. I'm just going to list them because I don't want to shortchange you, Jack. Okay. You went, you were awarded the Patron Award of Merit in 2013. You were a finalist at the Prix de Lausanne in th- 2011. Received also the Mary Day Artistry Award at the Youth America Grand Prix, the Silver Medal at the Tans Olymp in 2010. I said, your Christmas mantle must be highly <laughs> decorated to the hilt. What is sheer bliss briefly for you, Chelsea? Yeah, getting getting to live my dream. It's amazing. I'm reminded every day that I'm a girl that came from Melbourne, Australia, started dancing and and this is this is my life. I'm living here in Toronto, Canada, and I'm surrounded every day by people from all over the world who are at the top of 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 their job and they help push me to be better every day and and I'm blessed that you know my family life is so supportive and I, I wouldn't be able to do it with my family my husband my husband's family my friends my colleagues like of it, course. It, it takes a village and, and that's what's so thankful to be to be here and to be able to do that that's so great Jack what is sheer bliss for you and at this and what are you grateful for this Christmas uh, being able to move people um, with what we do for a living, uh, performing on stage and telling a story and taking people on a journey, um, as special as, as this one is, uh, for sure my bliss. That's so wonderful. I want to thank you both so much for being here. I don't know what we say in the ballet word, world in musicals. We say break a leg, but I'm afraid to say that. Do, do we have a different term to we wish you? Actually. You have a few. Oh, I know. I know when you're not saying. It. I feel like we're not allowed to say one of them. I don't think we're allowed to say one of them. <laughs> we, we, we won't say that one. I know. I know. In England, they say uh, toy toy, and in Australia, <laughs> in Germany, and in Australia, they say chookers, which sounds really strange. That's so great. Yeah. Well, I wish you both the best of luck, and I'm going to say that one that we're not allowed to say yeah, silently okay. <laughs> for you tonight. Chelsea M- uh, Mice will be dancing the role of the Snow Queen, and tomorrow, Jack Burtonshaw, you will be dancing the role of the Nutcracker, and the Nutcracker performed by the National Ballet of Canada continues at the Four Seasons Centre for the Performing Arts until January 4th. For tickets, please visit national.ballet.ca. Chelsea, what's the best way for people to follow you? 
Oh, uh, you can follow me on Instagram. My handle is at ballerina underscore chels. So that's B-A-L-L-E-R-I-N-A underscore C-H-E-L-S. Perfect. Thank you so much. And Jack Burtonshaw, how can people follow you? Instagram as well on uh, at J Burtonshaw. So that's J-B-E-R-T-I-N-S-H-A-W. Congratulations and best of luck with the rest of all of your performances. Lucky audiences who get to see you both. And Merry Christmas to you and your families. Thank you, Thank you so, so much for being here. So wonderful. Thank you again for being here. We're going to go to a short commercial break. When we come back, we will be joined by renowned film critic Tom Ernst. Back in a moment. This is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. Here to share with us some of his favorite holiday movie picks is Toronto-based film critic, writer, and broadcaster extraordinaire, Tom Ernst. Tom is also an active member of the Toronto Film Critic Association. He was the former host, interviewer, and producer of TV Ontario's Saturday Night at the Movies, as well as host and producer of Making Movies the Canadian Way on Bell Media. His film reviews can be heard on CBC Radio, Syndication, and CTV National News, and Tom's written work has appeared in various publications, including two anthologies, The Toronto Star, The National Post, and Playback Magazine. Tom, welcome to Finding Your Bliss. Thank you. (laughs) Happy to be here. So happy to see you, and happy holidays. We're delighted to have you here. So let's get right to it. I love that you prepared your favorite holiday classics for us today, and it really, as I said before the break, is such a creative and thoughtful list, not only the obvious ones and the obvious favorites. So let's start with Joyeux Noël 2005, which you've described as one of the most beautiful, touching, and ultimately heartbreakingly tragic Christmas tales ever put on film based on a true story. Can you explain what the story is and why you chose it as one of your top picks? Well, this is an event that happened in 1914 uh, in Christmas Day or Christmas Eve. And the troops were fighting. Uh, we're talking about German troops, uh, Italian troops and uh, French troops. And for one night all along the front line, they put their guns down. Mm-hmm. They just put their guns down. Wow. They got together. They played soccer wow. uh, on the battlefield. Wow. They played soccer and uh, they sang. They shared, uh, you know, drinks and they, they just, they all related to each other for that one evening. And the fact that it is a true story uh, really is, you just, I just have to wonder how this happened. Now, in the film, and I won't give away too much because the beauty of this film is that it came from the soldiers themselves. 
the generals, the sergeants, and, and a lot of the other people were going, no, no, you can't, you can't do this. And yet somehow it happened. And humanity, um, right? Humanity shone through. Absolutely. And there's something about this special evening, uh, no matter what faith you are, are in, that it just resonates. And it did that night. And this is a story just about one small portion of uh, humanity getting together. And, you know, it sounds like, okay, on the battlefield, it's, it's just soldiers. But of course, some of this, the battlefields were happening in towns as well, in villages. So in the scene that we get in, in this film, um, there are also women involved. And, uh, I don't, I, I there's a case where, uh, Diane Kruger, one of the only American, uh, actors, uh, in the film, uh, sings Ave Maria to the troops. Oh. And it's just. How can we watch this film? You can see this, well, you can rent them still, but you can also go on iTunes. This film is available on iTunes. I'm not sure about the other uh, uh, areas that this film might be available, but I have seen it recently on iTunes. And I will say, I showed it on Saturday Night at the Movies, and I got a letter the next day from someone who was very angry saying, how it's Christmas. Why did you show a war movie? And then I did write out what the movie was about and knew that the person did not see it. They had since seen it and wrote back and and, and said, "Yes, this is one of the more touching Christmas Aww. movies ever." So I'm so I'm going I'm to definitely look out for it. Can, we're, I, we have a little clip coming up. Do you want to set it up for us? Yes, we do have that clip with Diane Kruger singing. It's just a portion of the song, but I think you'll get a very good sense of, of the feeling that uh, is evoked by the song in her voice, and you see it in the eyes of the soldiers. German, French, Italian, oh. just watching her sing. Yes, we have a clip Sounds of wonderful. Diane Kruger. Let's roll that clip. Yeah, that was gorgeous. And the movie Makes you is cry. the movie is just uh, it's just really a powerful uh, message. Like, it, it doesn't come across as a message, but you can't help it. But really, as you said, feel the humanity in this movie. One of my favorites. Just beautiful. Thank you for sharing that one. Next, we have I want to make sure this is correct. Yes, a Christmas <laughs> story, which is a Canadian film. And I love that it's Canadian from 1983. So interesting. Can you tell us a little bit about this film and why you chose it as one of your top picks? Well, this came to me as a complete surprise when I first saw it. And I realize now it's considered a classic. But we've the older we get, the line for classics keeps moving. So now this film to me feels like a new Christmas movie, but <laughs> right. for many it has become a traditional family classic. And it is a movie about a, a family, uh, back in the forties or fifties and they, just are celebrating coming up to Christmas and all this boy wants is a Red Ryder BB gun. <laughs> and you'll 
poke someone's eye out with it or you lose an eye, they keep saying throughout the film. It's comical. It's touching. It goes from moments of sheer delight, uh, sheer sheer hilarity to moments that you just, I found myself choked up. There is a scene in this movie that uh, uh, the boy played by Peter Billingsley, who since has become a very major producer in Hollywood, um, where he has a hard time communicating and, and getting across what he wants. And there is a bully who picks on his brother. And in this scene, he loses it and just, you know, takes out all his anger, all his frustrations on this bully, which is satisfying in itself. But the mother comes and he thinks he's in trouble. But the mother is so understanding in this particular moment. And there are moments like this throughout the entire film. Each family member is their own character. They each have their own uh, moment of humanity and, and kindness, as well as hilarity, whether it's the father and his lamp that looks like a leg from a showgirl <laughs> that, that the mother refuses to put out, but he insists goes out every Christmas, or whether it's the little boy, his little brother, who can't put his arms down because the snowsuit's on too tight. Oh. It's, it's very cute. All the it's details charming. and the, and, and it sounds incredible. All filmed in Toronto. All filmed in Toronto. And where can we see this one? Well, this one is easier to get because everybody's playing it. So I think you can find this one on Netflix. And uh, I, right now, I think that's where I saw it. But again, all these films can be found on iTunes. They can be find, uh, found on uh, you know, Google or on uh, Amazon. Any place that you stream your movies. This one is a very popular film. So it's pretty easy to find. Oh, it sounds so wonderful. Duncan, can we play that clip? <laughs> Thank you. Immediately, my feet began to sweat as those two fluffy little bunnies with the blue button eyes stared sappily up at me. Come down here so I can see you better. I just hoped that Flick would never spot him, as the word of this humiliation could easily make life at Warren G. Harding School a veritable hell. Oh, it's that. That is the most precious thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> he looks like a deranged Easter bunny. He does not. He does, too. He looks like a pink nightmare. <laughs> that was Darren McGavin as the father. And oh, the laughs are so fantastic. The well, kids the laugh are... is from his little brother who is teasing him. He is dressed in a onesie, a rabbit onesie, and this is not, he's not happy about this. It's one of his Christmas gifts. Oh, it sounds so good. I'm so excited to see some of these new movies. So fine. I say new. They're, they're older movies, but they're new again, right? Exactly. And you're making them new again, and we appreciate that, Tom Ernst. So finding your bliss is usually about happiness and peace, blessings and illumination. Black Christmas 1974 <laughs> is none of these, and yet you love this film. Can you tell us why? And I understand there was also a remake that just came out into theaters now. So fascinating. Can you tell us a bit about it? And- well, Black Christmas is a very scary movie, I think. And the 1974 original still, in my opinion, is the best. There have been two remakes since. Uh, the one that out, that is out now, I haven't seen, so I, I refrain from judgment. But I went back to watch this last night because I really am a fan of, of this genre. And uh, what I love about Black Christmas, so many things I love about it. One of the things I like about it is that it's a horror movie you could talk about at Christmas time and a Christmas movie you can talk about at Halloween. So it's <laughs> two purposes right there. It is made by Bob Clark, the very same man who made A Christmas Story. 
Oh, and, wow. and, and what a range of what a of dichotomy! Work. It's diametrically opposed here, right? <laughs> diametrically, <laughs> but they're both Christmas stories. Right. I guess that's the same. This is a movie about a uh, a sorority, and we have Margot Kidder in there. We have Andrea oh. Martin. We have uh, um, what a cast! Olivia Hussey, uh, and for people who are fans of Two Thousand One Space Odyssey, Keir Dolia. Wow. Uh, Toronto's own Art Hindle, like lots of lots of great oh, people in this movie. Great! I want to roll the clip in a minute, but before we do, Duncan, I just want to say what I love when you're describing these films, Tom, is your enthusiasm. You're you can see that this is your bliss, like it really is. Like I, I'm sure there's people who work in film and they like it as their job, but you really love what you do, don't you? Oh, I get lost in movies constantly, and and honestly, it's one of the. I, I would say that movies have altered my life uh, in many ways as well as enhanced them. So. Yes. So fantastic. It's so, it's so apparent and it's so lovely to see. Duncan, can we roll the clip of Black Christmas? Thank you. Hello? 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 Hey, quiet! It's him again! The Mona! Yeah, no, that's, that's Olivia Hussey. She thought she was slumming for this movie, but it became a big, big hit. It did. It and did. it is scary. And it is scary. Oh, mm-hmm. dear. Now for something diametrically opposed. We have the very cheerful and blissful White Christmas, a 1954 classic starring... Aha, Danny Kaye All right. and Bing Crosby. Okay. And Rosemary Clooney, for that matter. Oh, what a cast, eh? Great cast. And I know this is a fantastic Christmas movie, and the dance numbers are incredible in it. Wonderful. What, what do you love about this film? Well, it, oddly enough, as much as I like horror genre, I also love musicals. And, and you, I don't know how that happened, <laughs> but it, I love this movie for exactly the reasons you put out. The the, the dancing, the music, uh Bing Crosby is just wonderful in this. And Danny Kaye is a very fine, fine comic actor. For those uh, listening that have never exposed themselves to Danny Kaye's humor and work, this is a good one to start with. Um, one of the things about this movie is, is it feels like Christmas. It just has that sort of texture to it, that idea that we're on a holiday, that something special is going to happen. And of course, the movie... In, being back in the 50s is about two single men who meet two single women and romance <laughs> blooms. And it just really, it really is wonderful from the colors to the songs, uh, the dance numbers. It's uh, just a feel good, it's a perfect feel Christmas good movie. movie. And you should see it every year. It should really be on everybody's Christmas we, film menu. We always think of It's a Wonderful Life and Miracle on 34th Street, but I'm so excited by your list because it, it's just adding stuff to our repertoire, which is so fantastic. So what are we going to see in this clip? Well, this is a Rosemary Clooney singing a song with her sister on stage. And it's at the point where Danny Kaye and Bing Crosby have come into the ballroom and have met the, the women for their first time. Oh, amazing. Okay, let's roll the clip. How about those big brown eyes? Oh, they're blue. Brown. Ah, blue. Oh, yeah. Deep blue. (laughs) 
Okay. Oh, lovely. <laughs> They're both inter- interested in different <laughs> sisters, and that's fortunate for the, <laughs> for so the plot great. of the film. And, and this one, very briefly, because we're getting close to the end of our time, which is reminding me that I have to say to you, I would love you to come back in the new year and tell us more about films, because you're so fantastic. Um, also, for a beloved cl- classic, A Christmas Carol, the 1951 version, I'm happy for our wonderful production coordinator, Siobhan Kali, as this is her family's favorite Christmas holiday film. Briefly, can we set it up, the clip? Yes, you can. This is uh, uh, Alistair Sims being Scrooge, as we always know Scrooge could be, when he is approached to give money at Christmas time. And he doesn't, he doesn't like, he doesn't this like too that. Much. Here we go. Here's the clip. I came here in the spirit of right goodwill, and I won't let you dampen it. So a Merry Christmas to you anyway, Uncle. Good evening. And a Happy New Year. Good evening. Humbug! No one says humbug like Alice Sims. That's so great. You brought us a new film about an old subject, Little Women, which was my favorite book growing up. It premieres on Christmas Day, December 25th in theaters everywhere. Can you tell us something about the film? The cast is fabulous. I know there's a female director. Greta Gerwig. And the idea that there was no female directors nominated this year for the Golden Globes, this movie will just leave you aghast at that because it is so well directed. And it's not essentially a Christmas movie, but there's something about that time period, the turn of the century, uh, and and it's in winter. And there's a few Christmas scenes in this film, uh, more than one. And it just felt like a holiday movie. I took my daughter to see it, and I really honestly felt that it was the first gift I gave her this year because she absolutely loved it. And she's a 13-year-old contemporary girl was in a punk rock band that now (laughs) wants me to get her Little Women the book for Christmas. (laughs) That's so so fantastic. The movie is incredible. That's so fantastic. Let's roll the clip. Is it fairies? Santa Claus. No, it's old Aunt March. Mr. Lawrence sent it. Lawrence Boy's grandfather? Yes. Why? He saw you giving your Christmas breakfast away and he wanted you to enjoy the day. But I thought he was a mean old man. So generous of him. His grandson, Laurie, put the idea into his head. I know he did. We should make friends with him. And friends, they do. Oh, that's so great. I'm going to look out for that one. That sounds like a fantastic one. It's holiday time, Tom, and that's usually a time to reflect. And I'm just wondering if there was an interview with an actor or director or a moment for you as a host and or film critic that was an epiphany and is an epiphany in your career. It sounds corny to say there's been so many. One of the things that I really remember uh, constantly go back to is when Paul Williams came on and I, we were talking about Phantom of the Paradise and he had let me sing a duet with him. Oh, oh I'm a terrible singer. <laughs> I'm an absolutely horrific singer. Uh, and, uh, only topped by how horrific of a dancer I am. And, uh, but, uh, that was a moment for me and he let me sing a love song, uh, to my wife on air. And oh, so that was a great moment. I love that. And very quickly, Paula Kelly was a dancer in the movie Sweet Charity with Bob Fosse. She told this story that just had everyone in the room tears about. They were shooting the uh, um, the minute you walked into the room song, oh. and it's a classic from that film. Yes, and in came someone to announce that Martin Luther King oh. had passed. Oh God! And Lord. the whole cast and crew, Paula being the only African American on that set gathered around her, uh, kept her company, walked her home Good and Lord. spent, and they, and they stopped shooting for that day. Oh, my, uh, out of respect. Out as, of respect. And I, I just felt 
I love Bob Fosse. He's one of my favorite directors. And I felt this was an added story uh, that allowed me to believe, again, that he was, if not necessarily a great man, I don't know him, but certainly a great director and kind to his cast. So incredible. I want, I, we definitely have to have you back because I have so many more things I want to ask you. But I want to thank you so much for being here. Happy holidays to you and your family. And best way for people to contact you is? You know, at uh, Real Tom Ernst. That is my Twitter account. And that's the best way to catch me. That's great. Or we can also go to Real Tom Ernst at live.com. Yes. To learn more about you, which is so fantastic. We're going to go to, thank you so much for being here, thank Tom. You. It was wonderful. We're going to a commercial. When we come back, we will be serenaded by Sheridan Music Theatre students singing a holiday medley back in a moment. We are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss, AM 740, FM 96.7, and I'm so delighted to welcome second-year musical theatre students Grace Rocket, Michelle Yu, and Lily Liebrach, who are here to sing a holiday medley for you all. So welcome to everyone. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Great to have you here. Duncan, are you ready to play the, <laughs> the, the track? And ladies, take it away. <laughs> Oh, Hanukkah, come like the menorah. Let's have a party, we'll all dance a horror. Gather round the table, we'll give you a treat. Dreidels to play with and latkes to eat. And while we are playing, the candles are burning low. One for each night they shed a sweet light to remind us of days long ago one for each night they shed a sweet light to remind us of days long ago Christmas with every Christmas 
Michelle you yes. hi, hi. <laughs> what do you love about the holidays Michelle oh I think the holidays are just such a magical time like everyone gets to be their best self and we're not in school so we're not <laughs> as stressed and just get to enjoy like your family's company and your friends that's so yeah. great Lily what is your favorite part of the holidays Definitely just to get to spend time with my family and friends. I get to spend special time with my family from Montreal, which is always very special to me. And just appreciating the beauty at this Christmas time. That's so wonderful. Now, Grace, this is, this is a big one for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know you really love the holidays, especially Christmas. Can you explain why? Well, Judy, <laughs> on Christmas Day, they usually celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, but uh, my birthday happens to be on that day, too. That's <laughs> so fabulous. I get to celebrate Christmas and my birthday on that day. So it's it's a, a oh. marvelous celebration that happens in the Rocket household. That's so fantastic. <laughs> well, in advance, happy, happy birthday and Merry much. Christmas. And I love that you get to do that. That's so great. <laughs> You're all second year students in the prestigious Sheridan College Music Theater program, and you're also all best friends, which yeah. is so great. <laughs> How did you guys create these beautiful harmonies and put all of this together? <laughs> well, we all just gathered in my room. On your bed? <laughs> On my bed, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we got the computer propped up, and we just started with the melody and learned the harmonies. And Tried to. And yeah, many <laughs> Tried many the harmonies. <laughs> it was a step-by-step -step process, for sure. <laughs> you did a fantastic job. Do you have a favorite holiday movie or holiday song? I'm going to start with you, Lily, that you love to play or listen to at this time of year. 
I love the song Santa Claus is Coming to Town just because I sing it every year at my dad's Christmas party. So it has a really special meaning to me. I love that. That's so nice. <laughs> what about you, Michelle? Holiday movie mm. or uh, as Tom Ernst so beautifully talked about or uh, or ho- favorite holiday song? Um, I think my favorite holiday movie would either be Home Alone because that plays at all my family Christmas parties. <laughs> Or Blizzard is one near and dear to me as well. <laughs> That's so great. What about the birthday girl born on uh, Christmas Day, Grace Rocket? Well, mine would probably be It's a Wonderful Life because I find the Christmas is a beautiful time to give back to others and f- realize what you're thankful for and be around family because it's an automatic, you know, family time, basically. Yes. And a, a Wonderful Life, it just reminds all of us the amazing gift that God has given us, especially around this time of year. Wow. And it just reminds me of beautiful Christmas scenes. And I'm, I'm a fan of the 1950s and 60s and for, I'm an old soul. So <laughs> it's just, it's everything wrapped up in one. And then Elf would be my favorite because oh, I, so I good, find eh? that Buddy elf the Elf is, is just you me. Yes, just elf, elf, right? <laughs> That's so fantastic. And as, to quote him, the best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. And like, Aww. how, how is Christmas students, uh, <laughs> shared <laughs> students, could we spread Christmas in a better way than music? Well, I want I want to tell you guys, you really were terrific. And I'm so grateful to all of you for being here. Grace Rocket, Michelle Yu, and Lily Liebrach. And of course, to our stars from the National Ballet of Canada's production of The Nutcracker in Toronto, now playing at the Four Seasons Centre for the Performing Arts until January 4th. And of course, to Tom Ernst for being here today and sharing his favourite Christmas movie picks. I want to also say a special thank you to the crew. A thank you to producer Phyllis Newman, production coordinator Siobhan Kiley, production assistant Haley Allegia, technical director Duncan Briggs, and everyone at Zoomer. And also to all of our listeners, I want to wish you and your families love, peace, joy, and bliss this holiday season. A very happy and healthy new year. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah and happy Kwanzaa to you all. And um, we're going to lead into our meditation, which is a very big part of finding your bliss and part of find, of our show here. And I, th- I know you all know the show with your such big supporters <laughs> of it. And I thank you for that as well. And there is a wonderful quote said by African-American opera singer Marian Anderson. And she said, if you have a purpose in which you can believe there is no end to the amount of things you can accomplish. So I want to just ask you all very quickly what sheer bliss is for you, starting with you, Michelle. I know this is a surprise last minute yes. question. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, sheer bliss. Um, I think it's the moments that you're very present and like uh, present in like the love that you're sharing in the moments. Yes, yeah. of course. And that's, it's all about the moments. What's sheer bliss for you, Lily Liebrach? Singing on stage. I have to say there's a feeling when I get on stage and I can't fully put it into words, but that's sheer bliss for me is just being on stage and have taking everything in around me, the audience taking in the music. That's sheer bliss to me. And it's sheer bliss watching you. And, uh, <laughs> and Grace Rocket, what is sheer bliss for you? Sheer bliss holiday? to me, especially around the holiday, is doing good for others because I find that humans are put on this world to be good and do good. And it's the best feeling when you know that even a smile goes a long way and makes someone else happy or giving back around the, at the holidays. Yeah, or being at church and just being connected to God and being thankful and surrounded with being 
being thankful for the people that you were surrounded by yes. at church and in the communities and giving back. Love you guys. You're the Love best. You <laughs> um, we always be end the show with a meditation and Love we're going to have a special holiday one. I wrote this one myself and you're all welcome to participate. For more information on our show and what's coming up, you can follow, follow us at The Bliss Minute on Instagram or Facebook, or you can go to our online magazine at www.findingyourbliss.com. So if you're driving, please pull over and turn off your ignition and sit back and enjoy. Taking a deep breath. (laughs) Sit back in a comfortable position on a chair or lie down on a yoga mat or bed. Or as I learned on the Zoomer morning show this past week, you can even do this as a walking meditation. Gently close your eyes. And bring your attention to your breath. Begin by taking in a deep breath right in through your nose. And breathe out. Now take in a deep breath. And breathe out again slowly and evenly. And just begin by relaxing your entire body. Feel your toes and feet relaxing. Feel your legs relaxing. Letting go. Thighs relaxing, stomach relaxing. Another deep breath right in and let it go. Chest relaxing and releasing, rib cage relaxing and letting go. And let's all take in another deep breath in through the nose and breathe out through your nose or mouth, whatever feels more comfortable. Feeling all the muscles around your back letting go and relaxing. Shoulders relax, neck loose, head and scalp relaxing, brain relaxing. Taking another deep breath in through your nose and breathe out, letting it all go. Breathe in again, feeling your lungs expand and breathe out. And take in one more deep, cleansing, beautiful breath in through your nose and out through your nose or mouth. Slowly open your eyes, feeling refreshed and re-energized. Stretch, yawn, put a smile on your face, and enjoy the rest of the afternoon. For all of us here at Finding Your Bliss, I'm Judy Liebrach, wishing you all a safe and happy holiday season, and reminding you all to take one step closer to Finding Your Bliss. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.